Welcome to the See the Miracle podcast. I'm your host, Brady Murray. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Murray. Our podcast will feature inspiring guests within the special abilities community. Together, we will be sharing how families and communities are rising up and seeing the miracle of individuals with special abilities. That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your hat on. Welcome to our podcast. We're excited to be here for episode number two of talking about our experience with foster care. In the last episode, we shared the motivation and the kind of the reasoning behind why we felt inclined to become foster parents. And um, we just kind of shared that process and got to the point where we were talking about our first placement that we received. Our first and only placement. Our first and only placement, yes. We will just go ahead and jump right in and pick it back up there when we left off. Um, You know, Brady- This would be August of 2019, was it? Yes, it was, yep. And Brady had just returned home from Alaska and we had had Willow and Livy with us for several days at this point. And as Brady shared, Willow was great and excited to meet Brady, Olivia, not so much. Um, she, (laughs) she had become very clingy to me and she was not excited when Brady was home. She wasn't excited that he was there and she especially was not excited when I gave him my attention. She did not like that. And so there was a little bit of, I guess, a learning curve there or just a (laughs) a time where um, she had to get to know Brady and get to be able to start to develop a relationship with him. And that was actually, that has just been such a tender process the whole time. It's just been one of my most favorite things about doing foster care is watching how Brady and Olivia have built this relationship and how she just adores him and loves him and just knows that she is safe and protected by him and when she is with him. And I remember the first time in a sacrament meeting when she all on her own went over and climbed up on his lap. And that was just such a big moment for me. And I remember just the feelings of just like joy that she had got to that place where she knew that he was someone that loved her and that he, that she could trust. And it's been, it's been really a cool thing. A really great part of this is just watching, watching that relationship grow and change, but I kind of got off there. So let's go, let's go back to the story and kind of pick up on the storyline. Yeah. I I think it probably makes sense to share a little bit around the girl's background. And so they were born in Colorado their mother's name is Jessica. Their father's name is Roger and their parents were separated. And uh, Jessica had made a trip to California and was actually on her way home from California back to Colorado, driving through Utah. And she was in uh, an accident. She, she, I believe fell asleep is what the, the records had shown. And she was in a little bit of an accident and uh, the police came and found that there were uh, drugs in the car and that uh, Jessica was actually had been using and um, that there was these two little girls that were there. And so Jessica, as we had shared, uh, went to jail and the two little girls um, came to our home. And the plan was all along that Colorado would take this case, that DFCS, DCFS, DCFS, <laughs> the Family Services Center would contact Colorado. They would find out what family was there in Colorado and that within a couple of days they would be able to ship the girls to Colorado and this would become a Colorado case. 
But as they began searching, they couldn't find any family and they were not able to locate a father. And then when they did, he was not in a position where he could take them and they could not find any other extended family or uh, friends that were in a position that they could actually take the girls. And so that's why initially when they were uh, at our home, they said it would only be a couple of days and then it would be a couple of weeks. And then they said a month max until everything gets taken care of by Colorado. And weeks turned into months and months honestly have turned into years and we'll share a little bit on that journey now. Yeah. So, um, I think that has been one of the challenges of foster care as well is that there's just a lot of unknown and unexpected. And if you're a person like me, like I love predictability, right? Like I, I like being able to say, okay, this is the plan and this is what it looks like. And so that's been a little bit of a challenge is just not knowing being in limbo and not knowing what is going to happen. Um, it's hard when you build a relationship too, when you have this relationship with these little girls and you're putting all this, this time and this effort into nurturing them, into helping them and watching them grow. And you're just, you know, you're spending all this time and you're becoming close and it's a little bit, it's a little bit hard because part of your heart just says, you know, I want to keep them here and hold on to them. But then you know that like their mom is missing them and that she, you know, wants them back. And so you have to kind of prepare for that because you know that at least you think, you know, that they're, they're most likely going back with their parent. So that, that was, was kind of hard. Um, just not knowing. And as well as, you know, I didn't know, but I constantly had people asking me, people would be like, Oh, you still have those girls. Oh, how long are they going to be with you? Or, you know, what's, what's the story on that? And I just never really knew. I said, yeah, you know, they're, they're still here. The girls are doing great. I don't know how long they're going to be here. It was just a lot of, a lot of unknowns. Well, and I, I think looking back at the experiences that we had during the classes and really that strong impression of really wanting to have and help with reunification and not villainizing parents and just wanting to have a wonderful relationship with the parents. I know for me throughout this process, that helped a lot because I was really like motivated and interested to have a good relationship with Jessica. Um, we've still never met Roger before. We've never had the opportunity to visit with him, but uh, we we have really wanted to have a great relationship with Jessica. And I would say we have, that it's been a good yeah. experience. Uh-huh. Um, and we have actually never physically met Jessica as well. So what, what happened is um, as as she was, she was in jail for a short time and then she was bailed out and went back to Colorado. And so, um, she had the, the choice that she could enroll in a program here in Utah or go back to Colorado. She chose to go back home to Colorado and had, had told, um, the DCSF division here that she would have the children transferred to Colorado, um, into the foster care system there. And so that was kind of the plan is she, she left and went back to Colorado. And since she wasn't physically close, we couldn't do in-person visits. And so, um, a social worker would come to our home every week and we would FaceTime with Jessica. And so that was how, that was our first interaction with her and how we met her. So, you know, in the beginning, it was a little bit awkward as you can imagine, because she had no idea who we were and we really had had her questions about us. Yeah. She, you know, wasn't comfortable with us, which Mm -hmm. was fine because, you know, she didn't know us and we didn't know her as well. And, you know, I would say like the feeling was kind of mutual. Like we were a little (laughs) suspicious of her and wondering, you know, what was going on with her. And so, um, I remember she was concerned with how many children we had. mm -hmm. She was concerned that two of our children had down syndrome Mm -hmm. and, uh, and just like any mom wants the best for her parents or for her children. Yeah. 
Yeah. So over the process of time, you know, we soon the the social worker said, I don't feel like I need to facilitate these calls anymore. Why don't you guys just go ahead and do these calls on your own? And so that was that was actually really nice. It kind of cut out the middleman and Jessica and I could finally start to visit and get to know one another. And I feel like, you know, Willow's third birthday came up in December. And I remember talking to Jessica as, as Willow's birthday approached and Jessica saying, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be able to be there for her birthday. And I know I'm not going to have him back in Colorado by her birthday. And so she said, you know, I would like to, to be part of that though. And I said, you know, that's great. We can FaceTime and we'll FaceTime during the party. And so we FaceTime with Jessica and she was able to watch Willow open her presents and sing happy birthday with us and watch her eat her cake and everything. And, um, that was a good, a good bonding experience for all of us, I believe for, to get to know, I know Jessica it was for me for sure. Yeah. And, and over, over the years, we've had lots of opportunities to be able to talk with her and visit with her. And, you know, in the, in the beginning we had a weekly, a weekly call, so it was pretty frequent and we were able to keep in touch that way. And as time has progressed, those calls have become a little, a little less frequent, but we still text each other frequently. And I send pictures and she and I communicate more frequent than I would say she um, is able to with the girls, but we still, you know, every few weeks have a phone call with her over FaceTime. Yeah. So why don't you share a little bit on the court proceedings and just that process and how that has been from a, just a, court and legal standpoint. Mm -hmm. So that, that has been a little bit challenging. This is a unique case because typically when a child is placed in foster care, the parents are in the same state. And so having their mother and their father be out of state has presented its own challenges. I would say first off, um, one of the first challenges that we ran into is when they were trying to find the girl's family or, you know, um, family members that could take them they had the the father was upset and angry and was contacting DCFS and saying that he was going to come and get them. And so, you know, they said, that's great. We just need you to prove paternity and come and get them. And so that, that was an interesting piece to the puzzle as well, because, um, you know, our, our social worker would say, you know, the dad called and he says he's coming. And so he might come and get them. And so we were kind of always holding our breath to see, you know, when, and if that would happen. And, you know, it never, it never did. He was pretty threatening. He he was pretty threatening. He would actually threaten the workers at DCFS. And, um, and so that was, that made it, that was just kind of unique where, you know, that was like a little unsettling for us. Mm -hmm. Um, we were worried about what would happen with that and about, you know, if the girls would be safe and if he would, if he would come and prove that he was the father and what would happen and how we would be able to face that process. But things eventually simmered down with that and kind of died down. And what happened was we became close with Jessica and, you know, she was, she was always saying that she was going to have the kids transferred to Colorado as soon as this, as soon as this, as soon as this. And, you know, it was like, as soon as I can hold down a job and all these different things that just kept falling through and just weren't happening. Yeah. And I, I would say during that time, you know, you have this bonding that goes on and you, I remember when we adopted Cooper, it was just immediate from the moment that we saw Cooper and we had Cooper, that was our son. Nothing was going to change that. He's coming home with us forever. And this was a different experience because these girls literally at any given time could be out of our lives forever. 
And so, you know, you go weeks and months and, and having that in the back of your mind, it's a really different process around that bonding experience. And, and again, I, I just do feel like we were really prepared through those classes to help us to manage through that experience correctly mm -hmm. and to do so in a way that was positive for Jessica and positive for the girls. And, and now, although a difficult experience for us also ended up being very positive, just you know, going one day to the next, not knowing if these girls were going to be with you. And, and, and that actually went on for over a year yeah, that we had that time. kind of that limbo, mm -hmm. I would say almost a year and a half in before we started to get a little clarity that, you know what, they might be with us long-term. Yeah. After, after about a year and a half, the court kind of said, you know, we need to start moving. Like the girls can't be in this limbo can't be forever. In reunification. And so they said, you know, if something does not happen, we are going to terminate reunification. And when, when, and this was all communicated to both Jessica and I separately, you know, through, through the, um, social workers. And so when this started to happen, I think, you know, Jessica felt the pressure and we did as well. And so in December of 2020, you know, we were talking with Jessica and we had FaceTimed a lot with her for Christmas and, um, also Willow's birthday again in December. And, and I remember one particular, um, FaceTime call that we had, with her where she, you know, just, just broke down and said, you know, I don't, I don't think my life is going to change. And she said, you know, she has shared with us a lot of her background and the, the things that she had been through in her life. And she said, you know, I don't want my girls to go through what I have been through. And like, I see how good they're doing in your home. And I know like the, the opportunities that they have with you that they wouldn't have with me. And she said, you know, would you and Brady, if I relinquish my, my rights as their parent, would you guys be willing to adopt them? You know, of course, at this point, we were very attached to them. And so we, we told her yes. And, you know, we were able to have a great conversation with her where we just said, you know, like, what, Jessica, what do you want this to look like? And she was able to open up and just, just share with us what, what she hoped to get out of this and how she hoped that it would go. And, and we were able to talk to her, you know, about our, our hopes and our feelings of having these girls in our family. And it ended up being a very positive conversation. Yeah. I remember, I remember just, um, really committing to Jessica and just saying like, we'll care for these girls and they're going to have every opportunity in the world to be able to go to college, to be able to get married and I remember even when we said, you know, she said, if they, if you guys adopt them, will they be able to finish high school? We said, yes, absolutely. And hopefully, you know, hope that they will go into college. And I remember she was just crying because she had never had that opportunity. Yeah. It actually reminds me of just the experience that I had and that I shared on our prior episode <clears throat> when I was in Canada and uh, and when I had read that book and, and I just felt strongly like we needed to, to do this. And I remember the thought of somebody in need coming and, and asking us to, to take a child. And what I didn't realize was take children, take two children. And uh, I reflect back on that. And uh, I think that was kind of that moment um, where that actually happened for us. And uh, something that I feel strongly to be able to say to our listeners right now is right now um, there, there's other children that parents need somebody to answer the call and step up and give those children an opportunity at life. And uh, whether that's through foster care, through adoption or whatever it may be, I just feel strongly to really reiterate that to our listeners, that there are families and there are people right now who need you to step up 
and answer that call and uh, open your arms, open your heart, open your family, open your checkbook because <laughs> it's not inexpensive and, uh, and answer that call. So Yes, um, that's very, very true. And, you know, this podcast is called See the Miracle, and it has been just a miracle to watch how things have unfolded. You know, it's nothing that we could have planned or predicted, but it's something that we have had to have patience with as we have moved along. And it hasn't always been like a great, fabulous process. I mean, the <laughs> <laughs> there have been just a lot of tears, a lot of heartache all around the table. And, you know, there's been stress. Um, I know for me, this has been particularly challenging. I have never felt so inadequate of, of, about being a mother before. Having seven kids, I have had to ask myself like over and over, like, can I really do this? Like, can I really do this? Because there are days where I feel like I'm not doing a great job at it. And like, I can't do it. Like just, it's overwhelming. And so, it has definitely been a growth process for me. And I, I, it has increased my faith a lot because I've had to rely on God a lot and I've had to rely on other people to help me. And, it, you know, so far it's working out and yeah, it definitely has you, had its challenges. You, you said that, you know, you can't do this. And, and I would, I would challenge that because I've been witnessing and watching you do it. And uh, there's definitely days that are easier than others. And, and I would echo that, that this has been a hard thing for me, but um, I know for Andrea, I've witnessed just, this has been a very difficult challenge and something that has required a lot of uh, time on her knees, um, praying and asking for divine guidance and, and having faith and, and being willing to get way outside her comfort zone. But she is, and she, she is doing that. We're, and as a result, we're doing it, we're trying <laughs> as a result, there's uh, two beautiful little girls that are thriving and doing an amazing job. And so to reflect back on what our little girls just where they were mentally and, and emotionally uh, when we got them almost three years ago and seeing where they are right now. Um, we just had their preschool graduation. Uh, both of them had a different graduation that we went to and to see uh, Willow just so, just perfect in her own right. And then to see uh, Livy who has made tremendous progress it's this little she was girl just miss personality you at just, her graduation you just would not even recognize this little girl and her uh, her personality and what she's been able to accomplish uh, just in her short little three years that she's been uh, with us and you know short little four years of life yeah so yeah it's definitely been just an amazing amazing growth process for all of us for the whole entire family and and just seeing how these girls have interacted with their other their siblings as well with our other children um, has been incredible and I'm so proud of the kid of the children for how they have come together and been able to learn to love these girls and just they're their sisters now and it's awesome to yeah, see that they 100% accept them and it it took our family the noise <laughs> level to a whole nother level with these little girls. And so our, yes. our boys are naturally pretty reserved. Cooper, I mean, is a little, he's a little aggressive, but um, <laughs> our boys are naturally reserved and very quiet boys. And our noise level in our home has definitely increased since these girls yes, have been around. That is something and, we've all had to and adjust. I, I would say like, it's, it's not been easy for our kids. And I look in particular at Mason, who's seven, and these girls are just right behind him. He was the baby of the family for his whole life. 
and all of a sudden his world got got turned upside down overnight when two little girls showed up at, at his home and little mace has had to had to adapt and and make adjustments and and it's been a challenge for him at times but that boy stepped up and he's getting it done so i'm super proud of those those kids so as far as you know where we're at right now like we said we'll hit three years in august it's may right now both of the parents rights have formally been relinquished and the court has okayed uh, the process for us to be able to do adoption to be able to adopt them but we are still waiting and that was in september of last year that the court said that we could go ahead and proceed with adoption so we we like literally thought okay this month, let's do it. And we contacted the attorney that they had asked us to contact and we've jumped through all those hoops. And right now, and for the last six months, we've been waiting for a piece of paper to come back from Colorado on them signing off on it. And we're still waiting for that piece of paper with literally no end in sight. Um, we have another court date in July that they'll review our case but we don't know if we're gonna be able to adopt them in July of this year or in July of 2025. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the process and, and we've, we've been patient through that process and, and we kind of um, just take it, take it in stride as we go through it and knowing that like I genuinely believe what's supposed to happen will happen and as long as we continue to move forward with the girls' best interests at heart and just everybody try and do their very best and be patient, I know it'll work out exactly how it's supposed to be uh, supposed to work out and I'm confident that we will get to adopt them ultimately and excited for that day to actually happen. Yeah, we are very excited for that day to happen and hopefully it will come sooner than later but like Brady said, it's just another one of those things that we don't have control over so we're just trying to look forward to that day and um, it's interesting as well. The girls are getting older and asking a lot of questions. They and um, every time we talk to Jessica, you know, they ask her questions and they're just trying to figure out and put all the pieces to the puzzle together. And they're excited to get adopted. And, you know, like Brady said, they both just graduated from preschool and they have their, their biological last name on their certificates. And it's just really interesting because Willow says, you know, well, when do I get to be Murray? And I keep telling her as soon as you're adopted. And she keeps saying, well, when is that going to be? And so I think, you know, the girls are getting anxious as well. And they're looking forward to that. And it will for sure be a celebration for us when we're able to um, legally have that done. But in the meantime, we're just going to keep celebrating every day that we have with them because it's great. And we love learning with these little girls and we're thankful for all that they teach us and for all that they do in our family. And it's just it's really fun to have them here and see their their personalities and just watch them grow. They're just amazing, good girls. Yep, and I would say looking forward uh, to the years that will come, I know that there'll be a lot more questions that these girls will have. And they have a lot of questions right now, but I know there'll be a lot of questions. There'll be a lot of emotion that they're gonna have to process. And um, from our Andrea and I standpoint, we want to continue to have a great relationship with Jessica and hopefully someday get to have a great relationship with Roger as well. And we want our girls to be able to have a great relationship with their parents as well. And they'll always be their parents and we'll always call them um, and, and reference them as their, their parents or their mom and dad. And there's no reason why people can't have two mom and dads or three mom and dads or whatever it may be. And so that's a, a mindset that we really feel strongly about as we go through this, that we're going to be very open and encouraging and, and, and encourage a relationship there. 
Yes, we will. And that is um, something that we want them to always be proud of is just where they came from and, yep. you know, how, where, how they got to where they are today. And um, hopefully they will, they'll always have good feelings around that and be able to be proud of who they are. Absolutely right. Anything else you'd I, like to add, honey? I'm sure that someday we'll have to have a future episode as things <laughs> progress right. and maybe we can actually have an adoption day podcast sometime. So Absolutely. that would be something that we can look forward to doing. Okay. Appreciate uh, you listening to our episode today. And uh, as always, we'd encourage you to follow us on our Instagram channel, Rise Up Heroes. Seriously, if we can ever be a resource to any of our listeners as they contemplate and, and wonder in what ways they can rise up and see the miracle in their own lives, we'd love to, to visit with you if we can ever be a resource to you. So thanks again for listening and we wish you the very best. That's something to be proud.